You're listening to the 108 Bricks Podcast. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at 108BricksPod and also use the hashtag 108Bricks to get involved with each show. Also, be sure to give us a like on Facebook, 108 Bricks Podcast, and get involved with all of our conversations during the show. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the 108 Bricks Podcast. My name is Dylan Buckwhites. And I am Curtis Koch. How's it going, everybody? Hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. Uh, Dylan, it's great to talk to you. Uh, (laughs) Not great circumstances. Yeah, not great circumstances, but still good to talk to you. Um, Yeah, I mean, we've held off on this episode. I think our plan was to record sometime early last week, because that would have been like the two weeks. Uh, and I was like, let's wait a little bit. Maybe we can see him. We can win a game. Come back on a positive note. Um, well, and we've been busy too. I've been. Busy and then they work. didn't win. <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't win. But I mean, also we've been busy too. Like you know, we talk about how bad the Cubs have been losing. You know, I mean, we've been playing twelve-inch softball, but yeah, yeah it's we've not been going well. Better than that. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. And I think it's funny as we we were with each other on Thursday, and we were like, we should probably record soon. I'm like, no. I want to see how the red series goes because if the re- if they get swept by the reds then we have a problem right I, yep. I think if if you aren't following the cubs they've lost 9 games in a row <laughs> um, the game is still going right now it is monday the 5th they currently have the lead against the um phillies by one run which probably is not going to be enough um, but who knows? Maybe the, the, the bullpen and the pitching has been decent. Maybe they, we can get some few inning more innings out of Davis, but, or Davies, um, and they can win a game and, and break it before hitting the 10 games in a row. But knowing the Cubs, they've kind of had this knack for kind of messing up these one run leads so far and then never coming back into the game. So we'll see, but I'll give credit where credit is due. The Dodgers are a good baseball team. And the Cubs had played them close, and it, it felt like a decent series. Obviously, we came into that with the highest of highs after no-hitting the Dodgers. Um, and then they lost the remainder of the series. And then the Brewers came in, and the Brewers are playing some of the hottest baseball there is right now. Best bats in baseball. They lose four, or they lose three in a row to then the Brewers. They got swept. And, and then, not to mention, there was the one game where they were up 7 and nothing at the end of their first at-bats. <laughs> and they lost the game at fifteen to seven. So, so uh, not great. No, uh, not, great. <laughs> not great at all. And then, of course, then it's the Reds. Who again? The Reds aren't the they aren't the best team, but they aren't the worst team. Uh, they they can hit. They have some decent pitching, and for some reason, they play the Cubs close every game, and th- they just couldn't do anything they could uh, to to get any more wins there. Uh, unfortunately. And they've lost another three straight to the Reds, and that leads us to this position where we are five days into July, and what was a like a three-game lead in the NL Central has turned into a eight and a half game deficit, and then the Cubs are in third place. Uh, <laughs> Man, they started in weren't they in first place like as of ten days ago? I mean, or, they were in uh, first place when they went in. Yeah, they were. They before were in first when they went into the. Um, yeah, way before they went into the Dodgers series, they were still in first, and of course now that is no longer the case. Um, I mean, 
I think I've said it multiple times at this point where cautious optimism was the way to go about it. And I'm still let down by this because not only are now the Cubs in, in almost completely out of it at, at this point, but they're in such a bad spot in terms of what the team is doing and what this team is capable of. And then their situations with contracts and money that we really just have no idea what's going to happen next. Yeah. And that's a little scary when you have this major market baseball team that was promised by the ownership when they took charge that these losing ways and that this, the, the, this, this new era of Cubs was coming about that you now have a point where frankly, the only option might just be a, another full reset. And we're getting dangerously close to that now. And I really don't know what to think. And we aren't really going to know until the end of the month comes around and, and the trade deadline hits. And if what the Cubs do and, and the moves they make will really send the true message. And obviously, if they keep losing, we'll start to know where they're really going with this. But with what the Cubs have now and what we've seen from how they started the year to how they got hot and now they've completely fallen off a cliff, they don't have it. I, I, I'm fully confident in saying they do not have it. There's no way this team is capable of making any sort of runs in the playoffs if by some chance they even make it, let alone in competing in many high-leverage games for the rest of the season at this it's, point. It's like I said from the start. They're a wild-card team at best. They have. I mean, you were better, better than me. I said they were a 500 team at best, and I was like, they went on this big winning streak, and what were they? They were they got to I think 11 or 12 games above. I was like, okay, maybe they have it, and now they lost all this in a row, and we're at 500. Yeah, and it, I was like, roller coaster is an understatement for the now, season so far. No, I, I yeah, I well, roller coaster has been <laughs> by far an understatement of the season so far. But let's not forget too that there are some key components missing. You've had. Uh, Nico Horner finally return off the DL. Mac Duffy could possibly return at the end of July, um, which is rather unfortunate because for a lot of these guys, you don't know what you get until, you know, in terms of the team's direction until Jed Hoyer put it literally, he doesn't know if he's going to be buyer or a seller until July 30th. Um, so the Cubs could come out of the default all-star break. answer one. What was that? <laughs> it's a, such a default answer. It is, but I mean, it is kind of true because the Cubs could, you know, theoretically come out of the All Star break, win, to, win, you know, ten or twelve straight, and then lose six games heading into the, uh, you know, trade deadline, and then all of a sudden, are you still selling because you've lost six in a row? You know, it, there's a lot of different options there. And Dylan, we were talking before we were recording if that they do go down the selling route, um, the two guys that you would probably trade. Are right now they're all stars, and that is Chris Bryant and Craig Kimbrell, who are. Um, I, I mean, if you're selling, roster. we sell. Yeah, we sell them all. But um, I think those are the two biggest names that people would want at no, the end of Craig the day. Kimbrell would get the biggest return. Let's put it yes. that way. But you if, can get if, so much. But if you're if you are going down the selling route, and if you are not planning on resigning Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, what have you. You might as well try to get something in return for it. You know what I mean? Have so, to at that point. Yeah, and they would have to at, at that point. So it, it's going to suck because really these next couple of weeks are really going to determine the direction that Jed Hoyer is going to have to take when he you know finally comes and sits down um, 
and you know puts this team back together hopefully or decides to blow it all up and you know do something different um i i think whether or not they're buyers or sellers i i think they need at least one more starting pitching arm whether or not they become buyers or sellers um just to get them through the season because right now with all the injuries and with all of the um lack of help um that the rotation has been giving to the bullpen um the bullpen just looks gassed at this point and that's been a, another big reason as to why um they've been losing several of these games is that the bullpen used to be very clutch and lately they've they've had their struggles and as of right now as we're, literally as i said that uh zach davies gives up a home run <laughs> it's no one two. <laughs> no one run lead is safe anymore with this team so but uh, <sighs> Gosh. But my point stands is that, you know, they, they need starting pitching help. They, they, whether or not they become buyers or sellers, they need at least another arm in that rotation to help them get through the season because I can't imagine a world where they decide to go with Jake Arietta for another series of starts when he can't get out of the third inning. It's, as much as I loved the guy in 2015 and 2016, he has just been so rough to watch um, these last couple of starts. It's been, frankly lack for a better term, frustrating uh, with everything that's happened and on this team recently. Um, so anyways, it sucks, but one thing I we were talking about too before we came on and started recording, Dylan, is the fact that there are three other Cubs players who have made the All-Star teams uh, this year in Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, and Yu Darvish. Those three are also All-Stars. And can you imagine just how different of a conversation this would be if those three guys were on this team right now with Castellanos hitting nearly 350, Schwarber at 25 home runs on pace to pass his uh, career high and, and get maybe into 40 or 50 home run uh, catag- or, uh, you know targeting area, projections area, and you Darvish in a Cy Young candidacy again. You Darvish mm. would be the, the perfect you know ailment to this, but they had to dump the salary because Mr. Ricketts had to save his money. So out of all of that... This team is in a totally different position than it was, you know, at the beginning of uh, a couple of years ago. And, you know, if they just decided to keep some of these guys around, we'd be in a totally different position. Maybe not. Maybe they would still be having their struggles, but there's... And Castellanos is the big hit, right? Like, you lose a you lose not just a bat, but I think a consistent bat, right? Like, he's known for getting on base. Yeah, he has some good power to him, but, like, he's a double machine. Yes. And... Like you He's combine him with there. a guy like Chris Bryant, uh, who also kind of the same deal, right? He has that power to him, but he'll get multi- he'll get on base a lot, and he'll hit multi he'll hit the ball far and get a lot of multi base hits a lot. Yeah. Um, and you don't get that a lot because it's hard because a lot of their guys are just pure kind of these up and down power hitters, right? Like it helps when you have a few of them on your team. But it doesn't help when you have kind of this combination of like Rizzo and Baez and and Wilson who might be when and Rizzo's Rizzo's been kind of getting better, but he's always been a guy who's been up and down in terms of his hitting. Where it's like Javi and and Wilson, it's like they're either bouncing the ball off the wall or out of the park, or they're just gone. Right? Like yeah. Javi, Javi is swinging at everything again. Wilson, kind of, he is what he is. Like, pretty, pretty good catcher overall with some slugging power. What more can you want out of a catcher, really? And 
it was what was working for them a lot is they had some of these players they had this kind of mix when you when you had guys like um uh, uh jack duffy in the mix and mm-hmm. nico horner in the mix these contact hitters who can get on base and, and really come in and and support for the cleanup guys to to, to do more whether that is just hitting well, a deep fly ball or hitting were... a double or getting um getting them in like they had that way of doing that and they don't really have that anymore and it almost seems like the ways they were able to put stuff together, it kind of happened once with Milwaukee, but even when they were putting it together, then the pitching's been so gassed because the starting pitching has been atrocious that they, they can't even win it from there. And now you're just left at a point. It's like, well, what do you do? What What is there to do? Yeah, and what I was going to get at too is one thing, you know, that Sogard and those contact hitters did was provide a little bit of depth in the lineup that was really, really needed. Um, when you look at, a lot of the big names in this Cubs lineup outside of Sogard and, uh, and Duffy, you know, the, the Jacques Petersons, the, um, Wilson Contreras, the Javi Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, all those guys really, there's only been, I'd say one guy that's really been the most consistent. And that's been Chris Bryant. Rizzo has had his moments this season, same with Baez, but up and down, up and down, all up and down. And you, what was you even more funny, Dylan is like, I don't mean to go off track on this a little bit, but I thought maybe the offense would get a little bit more of a spark since the whole um, crackdown on the the pitchers and sticky substances sort of thing. Hope. I thought for sure that maybe that was the issue, is that the Cubs offense was this bad because these pitchers are cheating and using all this stuff, and that didn't even yeah. happen. They still suck at hitting. <laughs> they can't get anything going on offense and i mean you don't you you have very few people on the team who are even batting above 250 right like Mm -hmm. you got you got wilson batting 238 rizzo at 249 and and rizzo will kind of hang out around there that that's on par for him stogard is batting 253 but with so little plate appearances that's terrible javi's batting 225 patrick wisdom still kind of carrying his weight 268 Jock at 225, Hap at 183, Hayward at 193. Really, Chris Bryant's the only one doing anything at 272 with an 866 OPS. Like, him and Wisdom are like are, are the only people who are above 800 uh, on the OPS scale with it, and, and the only people above 500 who are slugging right now. Yeah, and I, I just want to say this about Chris Bryant. Can we just appreciate, one, how consistent he has been on offense this year while also playing almost every position in the yeah. field just because they've needed he to fit other guys in there. who they might have to help on the offense. And he has been so, so accommodating for this team and for David Ross to play right field, play left field, a little time in center third base. And, you know, he's literally the definition of a baseball player, right? Like an he'll athlete. go out there and, an and he'll just play baseball where, where he'll play. not care. He shows up, he asks coach where, what position he's on, he'll go out there and he'll play baseball. And he'll and play a, it well. As a manager, if you're David Ross, that's got to be <laughs> Right, like, like you got to love that. Because also, not only is he just willing to do that, but he's also crushing it offensively. So you can put him anywhere in the lineup, you know you're going to get a good defender, but you're also going to get the offensive boost that you need. It's just the rest of the lineup just can't keep up with it. For whatever reason, this has been the ongoing story year after year after year since 2018. And... Ever since then, it's just been the same storylines every single year. And even though Jed Hoyer said at the offseason that, you know, this offense is going to look different, 
it's 90% the same. It hasn't. <laughs> it yeah, is 90% the same. Nothing has really changed. It's the same storyline. I mean, the most dramatic change we had was letting go of Kyle Schwarber, right? Like, he was, like, the first mainstay uh, I, I person. I would the most dramatic change was Well, yeah, you, Darvish. Oh, well, I was okay, going to say. No, that's a good one, too. No, I mean, right. in terms of, I guess, in terms of mainstay Cubs from, like, the quote-unquote golden era, like, Kyle Schwarber was kind of that, that person, and Theo as well. Uh, on that front, in terms of, like, dramatics, like, I, I still think people to this day are, like, wondering what anyone on the Cubs front office was on when they let this trade happen for you, Darvish. Um, especially with the way he's performing and the way the Cubs could really can still use another arm for it. And so that might be one of the worst moves in Cubs history when you just start looking at it oh, down God. the line, depending on what happens with Darvish and, and the way. remainder this, of this contract. Like This would be the, uh, you know, we, we passed the, the anniversary of when the Cubs traded for Pedro Strope and Jake Arrieta for Scott Feldman, you know, and yeah. this could have the reverse effect. This could be the, the move. I mean, that, that's the karma that, for it. Yeah. Well, this could be the move that the, the Padres tweet at the Cubs every year. Thanks for happy anniversary at Cubs. Funny for, thing is, is like the Jake Arrieta trade. They didn't know how good Jake Arrieta was going to be. No, the thing absolutely is, is not. They, they traded away a, a young candidate for this. The runner up. <laughs> he was the runner up, I think. But anyways, it's just it's frustrating all around and the fact that this is going to be the storylines for this team going forward it's just it's unreal um i'm hoping things turn around because i would like to see them the more i've thought about it i would like to see them make one last run at it even though realistically they're not no way a world series team you just kind of fall in love with a lot of these guys because they were the ones that did it and you have so many memories of looking at them and the prospects and then watching them rise up and, you know, Chris Bryant winning an MVP and Anthony Rizzo and all the things he did on and off the field and Javi Baez becoming a monster in the playoffs when they needed him to um, in 2016. I don't think we're ever going to get that from them again, though. No, I really I, don't. I know, but it, it's the sentimental value that everybody has <laughs> with these guys that it, it would be really, really cool for a Cubs version of the last dance, if you will, where they just decide to say, you know what, let's go fricking win one. And they just play their best baseball from here on out. They have, you know, light out starting pitching, even though they have terrible starting pitching, you know, whatever. But anyways, my point being is that it'd be nice to see these guys make one last push and try to win one because the next time the Cubs are winning a World Series, none of these guys are going to be on this roster. And probably not even playing baseball, to be honest with you. So let's try to enjoy it, and let's see if they can at least come up with some sort of run where they can try to make it to the World Series, if not make some sort of deep playoff push. And you know what? If things go south, then... I'm happy with thanking the players for all the hard work that they did and parting ways because ultimately it's not the play the players play the game, but they're not the ones who, you know, were picked and everything like that. It's that goes to the front office. And yeah. you know, we've given a lot of heat to Jed and to to, you know, Theo over the years and same with the Tom Ricketts, but you know, sentimentally these players are not going to be the ones that are going to bring us another World Series. So just for, you know, shits and giggles, let's root for them to do it one last time 
you know, just because of the fact that they were the ones that broke the the drought and the 108 year Billy Goat curse, whatever you want to call it, and make it so many memories, make so many memories for baseball fans, you, me, you know, our listeners included. So I'm just going to kind of end my thoughts on that note because I'm the more I've been sitting here and even as frustrating as it is to, to, you know, hear Jed Hoyer talk about, you know, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do until July 30th. And then, you know, the impact that Tom Ricketts has had on the, the baseball side of things, it's just frustrating, but the players are the ones that, you know, everybody comes to see. So let's hope that the players maybe get one last run in and, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, dreams happen sometimes, so we'll see about that. But <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I think at best we're going to see some 500 ball from the from the team from the rest of the year. The and trade deadline ball, will make it d- into the wild I mean, card game. I doubt it. I mean, you got to beat the Reds now at this point, right? You're you're kind of playing against the Reds. Yeah, but th- since they had that huge month of uh, May, that might be enough to get them past the Reds. Uh, yeah, they're about a game. They're a game and a half behind the Reds right now. The problem is, is that they. It's a chance. Five hundred might get you there, right? Like you got the Mets. Yeah. You got the Mets leading the East, Brewers in the Central, and they're pretty comfortable for them. The problem is, is you got to get past the Dodgers, either the Dodgers, Giants, or the Padres for that wild card, right? I don't yeah. know how the I I might be blanking on how the playoffs work this year. It's only two wild card spots, right? It's uh yeah two wild card teams and then the winner. I mean you gotta the... be the problem is is they're gonna have to get past the Giants and the Padres to make the wild card at all. Yep. And they're both of those teams are way over ten games over five hundred so it's really win the division or nothing. Exactly. So I don't think <laughs> five five hundred is not gonna get you the wild card. You're basically playing catch the Brewers who are you're now. I mean the Brewers are fighting for the best record in baseball. So. Um, I don't know. It's going to it's going to need a lot from them. Granted, we've had some high highs and some very low lows, so maybe we get another one of those high highs and, and they start picking up and, and winning games again, but like I said, I don't know. I'm, it's it's very unknown and you just have to s- kind of just sit here and hope for the best. Uh, yeah, like I said, I am hoping for hoping for at least one more chance for them to to win it. They got to get close. I mean, this, this is going to be the month to decide it. If they get close, it, it will. And that's and that's why again I I'm saying that I'm I'm hoping that you know it it comes to this point because I would like I said with it's much more that, fun talking about them being good than talking about them being bad. Well, yes, but my my point like I said earlier is that these guys have brought so much sentimental value to us from the fact that they were the first group of guys to win the World Series for this team in 108 years. It just means that, you know, having one more chance to see the guys that did it do it one more time before it, maybe it won't happen for another 108 years. Who knows? Uh, you know, being able to at least do that and see that would be. It would be cool. fun. It'd be fun. That would be fun. But and that's what I'm hoping. This for. month will be the case for it. But other than that, not not much, really. There's not a ton positive to really. uh to really go over right now other than that we hope they finally break the streak they're still eight and a half games out and we don't know i i really i don't want to sit here and speculate because there's really going to be not much to really look at at the end of the day with it because we don't we it's it's funny as it is as much as we want to narc on uh 
Hoyer for talking about how you don't know if the Cubs are going to be buyers and sellers at the deadline. It's kind of the same with a lot of teams. And well, you're really not going to know who's going to be a buyer and who's going to be a seller until the trades really happen, right? There's always yeah. there's always teams making moves that you never see coming and teams that you think will do stuff that don't do anything, but all eyes will be on this front office, especially if the Cubs continue on this trend. And really, right now, I don't know. We'll see where they go. We'll see where they end up. And from there, we kind of just have to hope for the best. And yeah. maybe it's this year, maybe it's next year, but I think the clock is very much completely out of time at this point to really sit down and try to put a team together again. And I'm I'm totally okay if they can find a way to make nothing out of something, but that's not kind of the way it's worked in baseball again. You got to you got to build up the farm, you got to have the talent constantly flowing in. You can't you can never underestimate your farm system and the power that it is, and we see that with teams like the Padres and the Dodgers and the Rays and and the teams that are consistently up there at the top, and even like a team like the the Giants, for that matter. A lot of their guys are homegrown talent that have come up to to live up to their expectations. And the Cubs don't. One, the Cubs have kind of gotten a little unlucky with some of their expectations with their first round picks and and guys underperforming. And two, they lost everyone else. They traded everyone else away, and it and it's backfired on them immensely to a point where what was supposed to be something that was going to be lasting and this golden era where of, of constantly competing is now reset to a point where it's like, oh boy, we're going to have to deal with another four to five years of really bad baseball. Yep. So 25 days until the trade deadline, ladies and gentlemen, we'll count down from this. there. That works out perfectly for our next timing for the episode because then we'll actually probably have trade targets and players that we want the Cubs to get. The only thing that's known is they at least need a pitcher, whether that's literally anyone but Jake Arrieta. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll go out there and pitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, sorry, Jake Arrieta, you do not have it anymore. And it's pretty obvious that you don't have it anymore. And so get some pitching, at least do that. So then you can save your bullpen and maybe figure out a way to put it together for next year if it all goes south. But other than that, guys from our 12-inch softball league would want to maybe join. The I mean, to add some I don't, I don't Not know. From our team, I'm talking about from the other teams that have smoked us. But that would be that would be okay. I think that can work out <laughs> with it. But that's gonna wrap up this episode. Little depressing. Hopefully, it'll be more fun uh, with the next one that we uh, that we record. If not. Well, we'll be finding out who the best trade teams are and, and who we want in return. So yeah, feel free. Tune in next time. We'll see you all in a few weeks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>